You're listening to Scaling Up Services, where we speak with entrepreneurs, authors, business experts, and thought leaders to give you the knowledge and insights you need to scale your service-based business faster and easier. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeld. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld, and I'm your host. And today we have a special episode. We have two guests, not one, but two guests. And I'm going to intro them both, and then I'm going to let them talk a little bit about what they do. Um, so first, uh, I've got Dale Moss, who's former NFL uh, athlete and is now working with corporations, companies on stress, stress management, performance. Um, obviously, highly experienced, and I'm really fascinated to have this conversation to, to learn how you've taken this into the corporate world. And then also, we have Ava Diamond, and Ava is a psychotherapist and performance athlete. So we're going to hear a little bit about her performance and athletic background and what she's bringing to the table. And together, they're working to to take this issue of performance and stress and bring it to the corporate world to understand how we can learn from athletics and, and performance management, performance, uh, peak performance development, and take it into the, into the business world, into the uh, companies. I'm particularly interested in this conversation because in if you if you look at high growth company situations, there's a lot of stress. One of the things that I, I certainly have been in high growth companies, I've been a CEO of a high growth company, I've worked with dozens and dozens of leaders and, and this whole issue of how do you manage stress to be able to perform successfully is huge. There's a lot of challenge, there's a lot of pressure in these situations and, and figuring out how to do that is something we really want to get into today. So welcome to you both. I'm going to hand it over to Ava to begin with to explain a little bit about backgrounds and, and what you guys are doing, and then we can kind of get into the conversation. So welcome to the program. And Ava, why don't you uh, why don't you take it away? Hey, thanks, Bruce. Yeah, we're excited to be here too, because stress management is not a new topic, but the way Dale and I have come together and what we offer absolutely is a new way of approaching it. So Dale and I happened to meet by chance and had great synergy. So we, we, we met in a golf, <laughs> a golf simulator room, believe it or not. <laughs> and he was reducing stress by swinging the club. Yeah. And the, the, you know how this works, the synergies, the dynamics, when, they, you know, when it happens right away, you take it from there. And in fact, there was a great way for us to come together and reach a very diverse audience strictly because if you look at us, you know, mm. we're different generations. I'm old enough to be his mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, male, female, mm. and, you know, different ethnic backgrounds and different, you know, he has the, the credibility of very few people make it to the NFL ranks and what did he have to go through to get there and thrive in that environment and he because of how smart he is he learned about the culture and what it does to support best performance and you know I think like touching on what Ava had said obviously having synergies in the competitive space with sports. And I was working with the NFLPA on player branding, redefining self-image and opening up career opportunities for athletes who are post-transition. So like even myself, Mm -hmm. I was a college basketball player, didn't play football just but one year, ended up having a great year and wound up in the NFL. But through injuries, coaching changes, different things, I I really started thinking about my future. So I went back to school even while I was playing. And then I went back to um, continued education at the Pacific Institute for personal growth and development and really in on company culture because the NFL was a corporate structure. Now we had our teams and our organizations that had their own identity, but we still were under the mass umbrella of the NFL, which 
you know, it provided so many amazing things, but also from a business aspect, you know, you really saw sports, sports, how you see it internally is completely yeah. different. <laughs> and yeah, so a lot of Ava was already working with professional athletes in different organizations. And what sparked my interest was the nutritional psychology aspect, because okay. that's something that I really honed into, honed in on. And then from that point, we just started just like, an onion, you know, peeling off layers and there's so many different synergies. And you know, I think, again, it, it, it provides a strong platform versatility for some of these corporate companies who are looking to grow their health and wellness component and then stress management. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Let's dig into stress a little bit because I think it's important to kind of create a, a little bit of a model, at least an understanding of, of what we're referring to when we talk about stress. And I think the interesting kind of connection or parallel for me is there's this physical idea of stress and then this kind of mental idea of stress. And, and from your point of view, how are they similar or different? How do they interrelate? Like, what's your model when you when you talk yeah. about stress and you're looking at stress and performance? How do you kind of define it or categorize it? You know, that's really a great question because what makes our program different, two of the cornerstones are called nutritional psychology, which Dale just mentioned, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, and mental fitness, which is a different kind of mind-body connection. And so what you're asking is, what is the difference between the stress that impacts us mentally and the stress that impacts us physically? And in fact, it all boils down to the same ingredient, which is the cortisol level in your brain. And the cortisol level in your brain absolutely has impact on your mental functioning and your physical functioning. So, you know, to tease it apart is not necessary for understanding, you know, what the stress is, but for treating it, so to speak, it's great to recognize that it gets played out in either mind or body or both. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's almost like your comment in the beginning where they are intertwined. And the fact is, is that you can sort of deal with the mental stress. It's kind of the example of the, the golf simulator, you know, going into the golf simulator to physically engage in activity to help reduce mental stress. I mean, there's a there's a connection there, right? Like talk to us a little bit about why these things are connected. We can geek out a little bit if you want on the on the cortisol and things like that. But what is like really what are the mechanics here that we're dealing with in terms of our, our bodies and stress? Yeah, you know, I definitely think, well, even when you when you talk about physical activity, releasing some of the emotional stress and honestly, just a chance to get away for, for myself as an athlete, you know, training has always been a big portion. You know, I've wanted to hone in on my skills and I always thought like if I could take control of my physical health, which is sometimes the toughest thing and show that discipline, which is really self-help, self-love and self-care. And everything else seemed, seemed a lot easier. So, and even when you talk about corporations and they're doing these activities, that's why they can put so much money into health and wellness programs or fund gym memberships or bring in activities because it's a direct correlation to improve performance in the workplace. Just because, yeah, I mean, your physical health is obviously going to, it goes hand in hand when you talk about treating things both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. And uh, even when it goes back to the NFL, when I had, you know, was complete in all areas of my life, I was playing the best. And even now in my career in business and my relationships, when I have 
you know, I, I feel the strongest I've ever been physically healthiest I've ever been physically, mentally, I'm in a great place. And then even spiritually and socially, I have a great group. And, you know, even the, the changes in the last year have been unbelievable, but the stress has been so limited. It's uh, so much easier to deal with from a mental standpoint yeah. because I'm seeing every aspect. Yeah. So and I just want to say, though, that so, so I come from the fitness competition arena. Yeah. And so a lot of what I do with people is I call it life lessons from the gym. And we can talk about that another time. But I, I think it's important to recognize that mm-hmm. most people out there are not in the same athletic space as I am and yeah. certainly not the same athletic space that Dale's been in. Yeah. And so what we do with mental fitness is we give people mind-body exercises that do the exact same thing that he's talking about, that create this feeling of empowerment that they can actually fit into their schedules because yeah. what's the number one reason why people don't incorporate fitness into their lives is because they say they don't have the time. So we take away that obstacle by teaching people how to do these mind-body exercises. They can do it for five minutes several times a day, and it'll have the same impact on their stress level. Yeah. yeah. So let's. And I'm going to talk about a couple of the exercises, but uh, one more question on stress, or at least you know, I think this this comes up in a lot of my kind of debates or conversations with folks on this, which is sort of this question is is all stress bad, right? Because we're from a you know, if you're looking at uh, athletics and physical performance, and you know, we know this cycling of you know, we need to stress the muscle before we can actually rebuild it and stuff. There is this positive right. element to stress, but you need to use it in certain ways and need to have recovery, and it's a it's part of the cycle. How much does that translate, or when we start talking about stress in in this kind of professional world, how do we deal with this? Because it's not about how do we take out all stress, or at least my thought is it's not about removing all stress. This, this is a hot topic. <laughs> Good. I say something really quickly, because there's a book out there, and I, I tried to reach with connect with the author of it, actually, and she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But she talks about how stress is only bad because of the associations we make with it, mm-hmm. the, the meaning. However... Mm-hmm. My big differentiation between the stress that she's talking about and that you're mentioning as a chat turning into a challenge mm-hmm. that we take on and can work to overcome and it can be a motivator is there's a, the difference is that's circumstantial and situational and periodic as opposed mm-hmm. to chronic. Chronic stress mm-hmm. is the, the killer one. Chronic stress is the one that I talk about with people. Yeah, so it's really it's, it's the repeated the, the repeated stress at a certain level that doesn't have any breaks that is not part of that kind and of cycle. And I stop even noticing yeah. is existing because it's so it's the way you live. It's your par, right? Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I definitely think stress again how you manage it is is crucial. But I don't. I, I think there is a good thing with stress if you can learn to control it. Uh, and just like as you were saying, like I know for myself, I look for challenges and I look for things to stress and stimulate so that I can better understand them. I can better understand myself, but also I can I can learn to manage them. And your threshold gets larger and larger and larger. And one thing that I always say when I went back at Pacific Institute and learned, you know, a lot through there, it's your body and your mind is chalking up wins and losses. You know, it's like mm-hmm. positive or negative. So the, the, the size of the task is not always as important. It's the fact that you're getting it done, you're having success. And one thing I always tell myself is like, how are you going to position yourself for the best probability for success? And I've really taken that into consideration and then not letting external factors 
rushed or influenced my decisions to a degree. And I learned that in sports mm-hmm. and it's true because, you know, game time, it's like at the end of the game or like these high stress situations, there's all these external factors, but you got to stay the course. And that's where strategy planning for your mental health yeah. and business and physical health, everything goes hand in hand and really just having a plan of attack. Yeah. And that, that's what we do actually. And I have a personal story that I could share for yeah, you. Short one, but teaching people how to safeguard their success energy, teaching people how to harness what I call your core power. You get drained. Yeah. And then safeguarding it so that, as Dale just said, people or situations can't take that away from you. Because in the end, it's all you really have Mm. is that power source of Mm. mental and physical energy. Without it, you know, it's like the oxygen on the plane example. You know, you have to put your oxygen on first and then take care of your babies. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have the oxygen, you're not going to be able Nobody's to do it. Like, and that's the constant analogy that's used. You know, super quick story of my own. Yeah, here I am, the stress manager expert, right? And you know, that, just because you are a stress manager expert or you are a parenting expert, or you're, it doesn't mean that life doesn't toss you challenges in those arenas because life happens for all of us. Mm-hmm. So the, the true story is that for the past three weeks or so, I was dealing with a very, very, very stressful, frightening client case. Yeah. And on top of that, there was also in my personal life, board, the condo board issues, right? Okay. So the two things together became quite large in my life and I felt myself getting depleted. So about 10 days ago, I woke up and I said to myself, okay, whenever I get into a space where I feel depleted, I use all of my own strategies, which work lovely for me. However, I also, you know, I realized that there are people out there way smarter than me who are creating, you know, great programs using something different. So I always add, try to add one new thing. Mm-hmm. to my learning so that I grow. That's how you grow. Progressive overload, one new thing. So long story short is that that morning I made a commitment that I was going to look into this one new thing and I started to and I also made a, a, an announcement to my people that mm-hmm. today's my day, nothing else matters. I'm just going to reconnect with my power source, my energy and then safeguard it exactly as I'm talking about now. And through, if I told you the whole story, which I'd be happy to another time, the universe works in my favor when I put out there what I really need and want. And so in fact, that's exactly what happened. But we have to take that, that strategy of harnessing, reconnecting, and safeguarding our energy, and that's our greatest tool for stress management in the end. It's interesting, I do. So I do uh, an exercise quite often with, you know, executives I work work with, we do, we kind of do an ideal week. So we look at, you know, what is their, you know, based on all the things they typically have to get done, what is, what does the ideal week look like? What do they do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? What do they do in the morning, the afternoon? Like, how do they wake up? What are the activities? And we, we really, we try to develop a plan for what we're trying to aspire to in terms of schedule. And one of the things I, I have them think about is what is their natural energy flow during the day? Like what, what type of things are they particularly good at in the morning versus the afternoon versus the evening and and everyone's different but how do we map that and then map their schedule to be that and one of the things i tell them is is where are you taking your breaks because a lot of times they you know it's just like well i'm going to run hard all day till 7 p.m or 8 p.m and and i'm like it's not sustainable and and unless you actually consciously deliberately put in breaks and decide like what does that break look like for some people it's you know i'm just going to play candy crush 
for 20 minutes because that's the way I'm going to just get out of my head. Some people I'm going to go crazy. Any crushes? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure Candy Crush is the best option, but but you know, at least they're at least they're thinking about how do they kind of come down and how do they recharge and stuff. And, and I think that's something people are starting to get a little bit more, at least get the concept. But I'd love to hear like how what what are some of the specific strategies you're using or, or what you're working with in terms of clients and helping them really sort of be conscious and have strategies, have a have a really good strategy. And, and approach to to that whole process of, of kind of winding down or building up your your energy base again. So so my background, obviously through sports, yeah. one thing I'm a very visual individual, and like when I'm working with the NFLPA or different athletes now, this is just how I connected with things. So we would see a game plan. They always talk about visualization and how you're talking about mapping out your day is so important because not only are you seeing and you're like on pen and paper, you're putting it down what the day is going to look like, then you're constantly thinking about it. So you're preparing yourself for what it's going to feel like emotionally. And your body is already like, hey, I'm getting used to this already. So I'm in that homeostasis mode. And then what I really do, and then I, I, sh- I can't stress this enough, is spot on what you said. I give or like encourage breaks or just allowing more times because there's certain variables that you can't control in a day. Things are going to run longer. Things are going to take longer. You might not be feeling that well, but when you have that additional time built in, that's going to allow you to not be against the clock because time is the number one thing that, you know, know, and that's what causes stress. Even if you want to be at a meeting or you want to be punctual, but you also, again, are building in those breaks, but you can prepare for the next act and it's you know it's it's no different than warm-up or practice and for me that's that's really really helped yeah i think so, that's, that's vital right so, especially so, here in new york or a city like <laughs> digital space where it's you can't get away from certain yeah. things it's draining and depleting so I, you know it's it's a small thing but build in just like yeah. you said those times so, so with D- the reason why we work so well together is because dale's got like this playbook yeah. right uh-huh. um, and then what i offer is very you know a lot of what i've actually taught at yale med school for example for a medical students mm-hmm. who are for the first time going into this very high paced very high pressured environment right and vicarious trauma could take place because they're dealing with life or death issues also mm-hmm. I teach people actual strategy, critical incident management strategies. What I do is, yes, Dale's game playbook. Yeah, playbook, the plan, yeah. For how to map out your day and visualize is really important. And then what I give them are strategies to use spontaneously within a minute's time to reduce their cortisol. So I give them mindset exercises that they can actually learn to do, let's say, if they're going into a meeting and they're super stressed out mm-hmm. and they want to like, mm-hmm. calm their central nervous system so they can be most effective in communicating what they need to communicate, they can do it for 60 seconds before they walk in the door. If they have you know, just left the meeting and they're, they're totally stressed from the meeting, they can, again, it's very important that they do that 60 seconds to lower the cortisol level. Because if you do that throughout the day, you're not going to have the buildup and then have to book your vacation to deal with, you know, (laughs) escape, pull pull the cord, but I call pull the cord escape for you give your brain a commercial break from stress. And even like the breathing, so Ava worked with me on breathing techniques and just, you know, which are things that I do now just without even thinking, walking around and like it's yeah. such a big thing, like you talk about box breathing, breathing and all these things. And, it, you know, it's something that, again, like you said, with these exercises, 
And then mentally too, I don't think enough people have a definitive purpose for what they want to accomplish each day from the start. And that is a driving force that is going to allow you to have success through the end. So what's the end result? So you don't necessarily know every step that's going to happen in between, but it's your day starts off with a purpose or you know it even before going to bed. And then that's another thing that will fuel you and really allow you to stay on track. Because again, it's starting your day, you're in that mindset. And when they say mind over matter, like, you know, some of these things sound so cliche, but it's proven and it's showing like those who have success in business and life, they all possess these similar traits and routines. So, you know, what what we'd like to focus on is what we call purpose, passion and power platform, where people can actually, and part of that is stress management. So what Dale's talking about with the purpose, you know, one of the, also the mindset exercises is to develop this personal mission statement, which we we talk people through. It's a very customized, even matter how large the audience People can do this work right in their seats, right then and there. They customize their personal mission statement and then teach. we teach them how to use it, how to start their day with their personal mission statement before their feet even hit the floor in the morning when they get out of bed so that they ground themselves in their purpose and their PowerPoint for the day. Sure. And then they can take on what they need to take on. And we teach them how to use it throughout the day too. That's great. So let's talk about an example or kind of a, a case and how you would work or how, how you typically work with clients. So the one I'm, I'm thinking of is architecture engineering firm that I've worked with. And they, you know, about 150 people growing fairly high intensity construction projects, schedules, deadlines. And the interesting thing there, I think, with, particularly with the architects, is that there's this kind of interplay between, you know, the deadlines and the and the construction schedules and the importance and the costs and, you know, every day that it's that it's overrun is, you know, $500,000. I mean, there's, you know, big consequence things. But at the same time, they're trying to be creative and they're trying to come up with ideas and they're trying to think about aesthetics and like this, this weird and, and I think hard interplay between kind of the space and the openness of creativity and kind of the, the structure and the deadlines or the structure of, of deadlines and construction. How would you work with a company or how do you typically help uh, an organization like this elevate their performance through stress management, stress strategies? Can I say one quick thing? And then, and then, yeah, yeah. So what you described is it's a great example to use because one of the impact, one of the negative impacts of, of elevated, maintained elevated cortisol levels is it thwarts your creativity. Yeah. That's proven that it actually, so, so when you are working in, a, in an industry where you're needing to be creative and you have deadlines and you have the competition pressures and all that, you know, it's a really tough balance to create so that you to, to facilitate so that you can actually harness all of your creativity. Right. And so nutritional psychology, which we haven't talked about yet mm-hmm. is about nourishing your brain okay. to reduce your cortisol and increase those happy chemicals that actually promote creativity like oxytocin mm-hmm. and serotonin and dopamine, right? So technically speaking, we can teach people how to eat or naturally supplement mm-hmm. so that they help their brain do what it needs to do in that very particular creative and high pressure space. Yeah. That's just one example uh, of, yeah, you know, start, starting with what you put in your body. That's going to be the sort of the base by which everything yeah. else kind of put in your body, but the timing of it. Yeah. So oh, interesting. Okay. and the timing of it. So teaching people how to do that to go, kind of going along with what you said about knowing when your energy mm-hmm. 
comes and goes throughout the day, that's part of it. We help people to evaluate that and then nourish themselves to manage that even better. Yeah. And then, you know, I think something else that is, is extremely valuable, especially when you talk about the creative space, you know, because there's this, you have, in the example that you said, you have construction, you have timelines and everything, but then you have the brand identity, the creativeness, the of a company such as an architecture firm, mm-hmm. you know, how to build your team is extremely vital, but also making sure that your team truly is aware and understands your core company values. So what you stand for. And I think a lot of times a, a corporation, and I've seen this in teams, I've been in some, some of the best setups ever in Green Bay. And then I've been in a toxic environment where there was disconnect and it was confusion. And, and you know, in a lot of those settings, and I've seen it in the business world too, working with a lot of brands and marketing, kind of helping them in their campaigns. You have to be able to speak to the core values of your team and those who are working within the company and not just speak and just assume that they're going to absorb the knowledge and what you put out there. So in the hiring process, if it's an architectural firm that really believes that, you know, it's got to be innovative, we're pushing the envelope, but we're going to maintain like the best, how would I say, you know, the best materials, the best product, the highest quality product possible. Those who you bring on have to really believe that, but they also have to understand that this platform being a part of this firm, being part of this team, change their life for the better because when you're, then they're going to go above and beyond. There is really no timetable or no time clock. And that's something because the corporate structure is, or, you know, these bigger companies and, and scaling is always the most difficult thing, but it starts from the top down and really almost being a servant leader, if you will, and just really taking checking your assets and that's your team. That's like players sports in your company. That's your employees. And again, they have to believe the dream. You're not, you know, you're selling the dream, if you will, but um, that this position can help elevate their life and change their life in a positive way. And then those deadlines and everything don't matter. It almost is like, Hey, this is go time. This is crunch time. This is fun. Yeah. And then get a job done. So, and you know, Dale, you you are in the creative space. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have those deadlines. I don't know. He, he's made an amazing transition and has his own, you know, personal company growth, whatever yeah. to relate yeah. to. And that's that's helped a lot. So, for example, uh, you know, we we were doing a campaign development for Under Armour on a mm-hmm. global campaign that we just wrapped up, and we had a small team, and like the deadlines and how we had to produce content um, in a tough environment in the Grand Canyon, no internet, no all this stuff. And like literally for three days, from the time stepping off the plane to the time getting on the plane, we were filming, we were shooting, we were developing the campaign editing. But, you know, when I look back at it, it was like, dang, like this is a, this is crazy that we're like, it was so draining emotionally and physically. So fun because we all believed and knew that we were a, we had control and we had the support of a huge company. We had the resources which they provided us. But then from that standpoint, we knew that we were going to A, knock this out of the park. We were confident on it. But that doing this and having this campaign launched and our creative touch on it was going to change all of our lives and our careers for the better. There you go. And it was like... And it, it, it was unbelievable. And that started too, though, with understanding that we had the support of 
you know, the, uh, a company such as UA. And I think that goes back to your personal mission statement that I mentioned mm -hmm. a moment ago. And how does your personal mission statement, you know, you talked about the hiring process, but also for people who are joining a company, yeah. like knowing the company's core values is incredibly important because it needs to align in some capacity, in a large capacity, with your own personal mission, your own core values. Mm -hmm. So being very clear on who you are and what you bring to the table, and then knowing that these core values and the company mission and your personal mission are overlapping in some way nicely aligned so that it feels like ownership when you walk into yeah. your workspace. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's honestly, it's, it's one of the hardest things to get right. I mean, a, a, because, you know, companies don't often have their core values, you know, articulated and, and well-defined for the purposes of being able to kind of identify and recruit talent and people often, often don't really know what their core values are. So you get, you kind of have this process. A lot of times we're, you know, we're working on the company and kind of helping them articulate these but then it's also about how in the hiring process can we kind of facilitate a process with the individual to help them figure out what their core values are and decide if we have a match or not because we can have great skill fit but if we don't have a core value fit That's we're going to run into all these sorts of problems once we once we get into the into the crux of actually you know we're under pressure we're under deadline like are we going to step up to really get yeah. done what needs to get done it's going to come down to your your belief and your your commitment to the vision and to the purpose of the company so yeah, that's I think like the reflection, like reflecting is really big, but I, you know, I, from my experience and even now, I don't see enough companies going and like sending out, how do I want to say this? Just even asking their company, like service, if you will, within the company and like even periodically, but it's data, you're collecting it and then you can pull out averages and then you're still, you know, from the standpoint of a bigger company, you're getting feedback and you know it might be anonymous or whatever but then you at least know where you can start setting some of your your goals even when you talk about adjusting your mission statement or mm -hmm. reframing it everyone's talking about reframing when you're trying to you know position a conversation or just so you can speak better to your company so it might not change your overall core values but you just might be reframing it or rephrasing it to best suit and align with um, the ideas or even the language of your, your employees. Yeah. Yeah. Almost kind of a situational kind of contextualizing of the core values based on where we are now, the work that we're doing, this is what this value means now in given the test. Right. You know, right. To that source, you have this and you're just custom tailored. And that's why, you know, the work that we can do, as we also have already mentioned, is not just about the individual managing stress, but about the company leaders creating an environment that allows for reduced stress. So it's the corporate culture and it's the individual in the corporate culture. They have to buy in from the top. The yeah. CEOs, the CFO, yeah. like everyone like at the top. And if they have the support or if they support an initiative, yeah. Everyone's going to fall in line. Yeah. And he talks about the word, use the word reframing, which is, you know, one of the mindset exercises is the art of reframing that we teach to people on how to look at the stress they're connecting with, right? Because language, I'm a big, neuro-linguistic programming is huge in my life and yeah. with people. And, you know, how the words we use can shape our perception and then our reality, our actions toward our reality is critically important to pay attention to. And so we actually redefine common terms 
at this point too, because uh, for example, work-life balance that you and I were talking about when we got on, you know, that is a term that is defined in such a way typically that people are set up to fail. Yeah. And there's stress right there because the greatest source of stress is not just that you have work stress, but that you have work stress that then impedes your family life and then you have family stress right that creeps into how you manage your work day yeah. so basically for example what we do is we redefine that oh work-life balance is that every day you have this great balance in your life of being with your when you get home you shut it all off and you're with the kids of course yes you people need to know what works for them right and, and, but the reality is just like with weight loss if you get on the scale every single day yeah. You might be disappointed because sometimes it goes up instead of down and sometimes it goes down by this much and sometimes it flatlines, right? But if you get on the scale once a week, you're more likely to see yeah. the process, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the same thing with work-life balance. If you look at either the week or even the month and you see where the quality time is that you put in, the quality is more important than the quantity. And so that's where shutting off your electronics and creating an opportunity with your children or your spouse or your parents, whatever it is, that is very sacred space is what I call it, that you create sacred space. Even if you did it just once a month, that's by far be the best work-life balance for you and your family. I think it makes a lot of sense. So let's let's give some sort of takeaways or some suggestions to some of the listeners. So if, if I'm a CEO or a senior exec inside of a company and I'm I'm looking at this whole kind of how am I and my work and my team and my workforce you know impacted or how are we managing stress? What are some things you can you can suggest that either they think about or things that they can try to help sort of get their hands around this problem or start dealing with um, you know being more effective in managing stress in the organization? You know, I, I think it's it's very important to you know go in understand from a you know there's a business and personal approach up right. Mm-hmm in the community and the company culture that you're developing. So, you know, I think it's extremely important to look at your goals and your initiatives from a marketing perspective, how that's going to your customers. And then um, depending on the scale of your company, the size of your company, then you go down to some of your managers and key positions. I think it's really important to have facilitations or maybe at times, whether it's once a month, Mm -hmm. to understand and make sure there's a connect between the high up and then, you know, next in line, you know, so because they're passing this down through a funnel, right? And then yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's no different than, you know, one department understanding this portion. And yes, there's second section off, but it's got to align with the core company values. And then also, I, I think it's really important when you, when you uh, provide your employees or those on your team resources outside of work, I think, you know, sometimes the most successful times are when you you have something that pulls you away or you know that you have a release right in that environment you spend so much time in in an office or you know around co-workers probably more than your family so you still it's no different than having to take a walk up here in an argument with your girlfriend or something (laughs) you get those releases and just to know that you're not trapped or boxed in in this environment yeah it's just on a little you know i'm putting on a little bit of my mommy hat here right (laughs) The nurturing side of a 
be. Mm-hmm. And as Dale just said, you often people spend more time with their coworkers than their family members. So it is their resource for human connection. And we absolutely reduce our cortisol levels when we have positive human connection. So one of the things from, and a lot of companies are doing this now is, you know, looking at, and it's important for them to know, not just healthy snacks available, mm-hmm. but ones that actually pr- reduce cortisol. So there's food lists, for yeah. example, snack lists that we can give them where they can stock their staff lounge with foods that help reduce cortisol and promote serotonin, dopamine, cor- and, and oxytocin mm-hmm. production, as opposed to just having candy on the counter because yeah. it's sweet. What's, so right. what's the example of something you wouldn't suggest because it raises cortisol and something you would suggest? So, so putting the donuts out in the morning is a really bad idea because when you have a sugar spike like that and you have a carbohydrate factor, you're actually going to create an imbalance in your blood sugar, which creates anxiety. So what you want to do instead of having donuts is have bananas, which potassium is great for lowering your mm-hmm. blood pressure. Yeah. Um, you can have, for example, if, this is silly possibly sounding, but if you had avocados in a bowl for people to add, like chop well, up and like, even if, you know, you find some chips. Yeah, some whatever I know. yeah. Avocado is great also for with potassium in it. Oh, oh sorry. No, sorry. Well, in one, in one thing that we, we've done, and this is, uh, I'm going back to the wellness of physical kind of combined with the mm-hmm. nutritional psychology, is, um, you know, corporate events are, are great. And, you know, a lot of these member clubs are getting it right, where they'll have, say if it's in the breakfast and they want to start their day off properly, it's midweek, get over home day. You know, I, we've done some things where it's like a breakfast club breakout session. So it's optional for the employees. It's open, mm-hmm. just some conversation. They bring in outside resources, just kind of spark their day and just kind of get feedback on things that are going. So whether it's in branding, marketing, and just a health, you know, healthy space or someone who's been successful in business, who's just having a conversation with some of the employees. And then another thing, and this is becoming extremely popular, and it's something that I love is maybe it's, Bring if and if the are available where they have like a company, you know, it's like a workout session or like some physical activity, volleyball, team building session that's led by an outside source. And we've done, you know, I've done some like a sports inspired training session. And then we break out into a goal setting session. And then the food and nutrition that is there is also geared towards nutritional psychology. So, you know, you're getting the team building, you're having a physical activity, you're getting some of the nutritional psychology, and then yeah. you're really stimulating the mind and talking about the goal setting, how you see this. And we tailor that to the company's core values a little bit so that people can kind of see and start visualizing more in line with the direction of the company, you know? And, and just to add in, so not everybody is into sports like that, right? We know this. So mental fitness, and as I mentioned in the beginning, is about teaching people very entry-level mind-muscle connection mm-hmm. that actually can condition them to be ready to go into a gym or into a sport if they want to. But it starts with the majority of the people out there who feel like, you know, they need to first have some conditioning before they take that on. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, it's then again, so we do these specific with bands or with just muscle contractions, muscle, mind, muscle connection work, and then do, how does this apply to the rest of your life? Where do you find, and I can go through those another time if you'd like, but just to also my, my secret wish is that companies would have, because L-theanine is the 
the um, oh my gosh. Well, that's what I take for uh, when I drink coffee, so I don't get jittery. Yeah. So L-theanine is is, is a is a natural supplement that that Mm -hmm. our brains actually produce. We bought we produce it on our own, but we never really get enough protein to create as much as we really need. We live in a stressful life. So my secret wish, because protein is so important, Mm -hmm. is that people would have by the coffee makers a big tub of protein and a a protein shake blender so that instead of grabbing coffee and more coffee and more coffee they can actually make a protein shake because Mm -hmm. chances are they missed lunch anyway because they worked right through it and now they're getting some nutrients but also the opportunity to produce L-theanine which will help thwart cortisol production All right, so protein shakes next to the coffee maker. We're gonna I'm gonna find someone to do this, and we're gonna take a photo, and I'm gonna send it to you. So we're gonna hit time here. So if people want to find out more about what you two are doing and kind of the programs you're putting together, the types of companies you're working with, what's the best way to find out more information or get a hold of you? Yeah, so we definitely both have our both individual platforms for a lot of the corporate wellness that we're doing. You know, Ava will share the contact information with, and then you know, this end you can find me on social media at Dale Moss on Twitter at Dale Moss. 13. Osmart Media is my uh, creative consulting and digital production company. And then officialdalemoss.com gives some insight to just day-to-day companies I've worked with, philanthropic organizations. So that's yeah, it. Yeah, you got to follow him on Instagram. <laughs> it's magnificent. It's actually quite impressive. I've looked at it. <laughs> It's a balance between personal, but you know, because yeah. my lifestyle right now, like, you know, a lot of my career is in my life, but there uh, is, my personal life is yeah. pretty front and center, but, you know, with my career, but now as I've continued to grow and work with different companies, storytelling is, is such an amazing thing that's, you know, helped me have success in the creative space, but now every company is wanting to tell their story yeah. to yeah. their customers, but even to their own team. And that's where it's so interesting. I never would have thought, but like I've started working so much with campaign development with companies and, you know, corporations and really tailoring that. And then even just being an outside resource and like, if it's something that like I, some, a company I align with, it's so easy to really just dive in, understand and listen to what they want, you know, listen to what they're trying to portray and then just be a resource for their employees and customers. Yeah. So, and so people can reach me at Ava at Ava diamond mental fitness.com. That's the email. They can go to my website. Ava Diamond Mental Fitness. Mm-hmm. I work, you know, with people one-on-one as well, all over the country mm-hmm. and through modern technology and also mm-hmm. in person. Right now, I'm also really targeting, believe it or not, law firms because lawyers, there's been a huge yeah. initiative in 2017 because of the prevalence. Very, I used to work with physicians largely for the same reason, but the prevalence of anxiety and depression 20% to 30% of lawyers are struggling with significant levels of depression and anxiety right, right now. Yeah. 20 to 30%. It's, so, it's you know, law firms out there, the larger law firms are going through growth just like you're talking about. You know, they, they are, there's a lot of you know absorption of smaller law firms to create bigger law firms, and that creates a lot of stress. But yeah, one-on-one, small group, large group, Dale and I mm-hmm. can come in together. Um, they can reach me and I share our content and set that up. Awesome. And I think like the, one of the most valuable things is the ability to access resources that most people don't have the ability to. Yeah. So being, again, utilizing this platform to bring bigger and better change from a business aspect also, you know, and just to grow something that's sustainable. So that's been 
something, whether it's through the NFLPA, different organizations in the creative space, working with PR agencies, a lot of these tasks and things that they're utilizing across the board are, are resources that we've been able to tap into um, and bring to a company, whereas normally it might take you know numerous people to yeah. acquire. Yeah. Where it's more so like just a one-stop shop and just be creative, right? One-stop shopping. I like that. <laughs> I'll make I'll make sure all the contact information is on the show notes so people can can get that and click through and contact you. Dale, Ava, this has been a pleasure. A great conversation. I'm sure we could do a full day program here and we can set up another one at some point, but this was great, really helpful, and I'm I'm really glad we did it and I really appreciate the time. All right, thank you. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.